What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Who is Jerome Ford? Well, he is about to be the most added player in CBS Sports Fantasy Leagues and really fantasy leagues everywhere. He's 23% rostered, had a 69-yard run that was almost a touchdown last night, a fifth-round pick in 2022, and about to be a feature back. We think, we hope for the Cleveland Browns. But it's hard for me to be super excited right now. It was really a bummer of a fantasy night last night. Not only did we have two kind of sloppy, you know, defensive games, but of course, Nick Chubb out for the season, a guy who's been a top 12 running back per game in full PPR and even better in the other formats in four straight seasons. But good morning, everybody. Let's get your waiver wire for week three here. Let's help you win your league and move forward. Injuries happen, unfortunately, but... uh, Oh, Jamie was, uh, I don't know, man. You want to reflect on this, uh, this Chubb situation? This really was such a, such a heartbreaker. Yeah, it really was. You know, I mean, anytime you see a guy like that, especially at this point in his career, you know, this could, I don't, I hope it's not career ending, but you know, you never know depending on the severity of, of what the damage is. Um, but yeah, definitely out for the season. And, you know, we have, um, we have now uh, just a really, frustrating start to the year. I mean, you know, you, you think about the first round running backs or, or borderline first round running backs that have already had to miss time when you have, um, Barkley, you know, Jonathan yeah. Taylor and Barkley and, uh, <laughs> Eckler, Eckler right. and, you know, to extend it, Aaron Jones, JK Dobbins, um, now Jamal Williams and David Montgomery, you know, and so, but, but, but clearly Chubb's, you know, injury is, is the most devastating one. And in terms of Jerome Ford, you know, he, he probably, if he didn't run a gas, he, he would have stayed in the, on the drive and scored the touchdown in the third quarter. It went to Pierre Strong. Uh, but you mentioned it, you know, do they add somebody else? You know, do they have a reunion with Kareem Hunt? Do they bring in a Leonard Fournette? You know, Daryl Henderson's a guy that's been making the rounds of, of tryouts. You know, that would be, a, I think, a saving grace if it's somebody like that. But do they make the trade? Do they make a trade to go be aggressive and get a Jonathan Taylor or a Cam Akers? 
you know, so those are things you got to just keep an eye on as well. But I think if, if anything, you know, whenever you get injuries like this, um, and you see a guy in the same game perform the way that Jerome Ford did 130 total yards, work in the passing game, find the end zone. You're going to feel better about a, if you handcuff Chubb to have him already on your roster or B knowing that you're going to have to spend a significant amount of fab to go get him. And he should be able to at least start for you for as long as he remains a starter in Cleveland. <laughs> a super significant amount of fab on Jerome Ford. I, you know, Jamie does this, a smart thing um, that I probably should have done in my commissioner leagues where I'm the commissioners run waivers on Wednesday night instead of Tuesday night. Um, give the dust a little bit more time to settle. And I mean, we already know the injury with Chubb, but I would like to know a little bit more about what they plan to do in terms of depth, Dave. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm going to ask you guys for your top three priorities. I know number one is going to be Jerome Ford. Um, but how much fab are you willing to spend on Jerome Ford? I'm going to spend a lot. Um, I think it depends on whether or not you play with casuals and it's a small league or if you play with sharp managers and it's a big league. I play with a lot of sharp people. You guys are included in there. I think I'll go as high as 70% to get him because I, I don't know how many guys like this are actually out there who we'd load up to go and get. A lot of these players, a lot of these these handcuffed players that Jamie talked about, they're already rostered that we would go and spend north of 70% for. Now, if you're in one of those smaller leagues and there's casuals, it's 55%. You can go a little bit lower. I actually did a straw poll around our office here at CBS Sports HQ this morning. No one went higher than 45%. What? No, there were two people that went 15% because they're scared that the Browns are going to bring back Kareem Hunt and that Kareem Hunt is going to magically turn into 2018 Kareem Hunt and just completely dominate and render Jerome Ford useless. The Browns have already told us over the last six months what they think of Kareem Hunt. I'd be surprised if they brought him back, to be completely honest with you. And Kevin Stefanski said that they've got the confidence in Jerome Ford moving forward. You know that he's fast. We know that he's a capable pass catcher. He's playing behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. I feel good about this. It's a risk because we could be wrong. We we were wrong about Kenneth Gainwell last week. He was hurt, and we were making him a priority. wouldn't say we were wrong. but, uh, But eventually Gainwell will play. I think Jerome Ford is is worth taking that risk on. And so my number is going to be 70%. I think you've got to unload the clip, so to speak. Yeah, I uh, I came up with the same number on FFT and 5 last night. I want to throw out one more scenario to you guys. And we have to talk about other players. We will talk about Zach Moss, for example. We will talk about how much did you spend on, on Kareem Hunt. Maybe take a shot on that. We will talk about Josh Reynolds, uh, et cetera, and quarterbacks. Here's a, a Twitter poll I did last night. It has almost 3,000 votes. How much of your original fab budget are you willing to spend on Jerome Ford? 90% or more, 70 to 89%, which is what Schaefer voted for, uh, 50 to 69% or less than half. Less than half does have the most votes, but it's only 33%. So that means two-thirds are willing to spend at least half of their original budget. I mean, 22% say they spend 90% or more. So that's pretty wild, Jamie. I think I was in this, I'd be in the probably the 70 to 89% range, but but here's you could tell me where you'd be in that you know where, where how much would you spend of your original budget on Ford? But my second question is I was talking to a friend this morning, and he said how much should I spend on Ford? I just lost Chubb. How much should I spend on Ford? And he said I'm thinking like forty forty two dollars or something out of a hundred original. And I said no, you're gonna need to go more like seventy. And he said well I only have sixty one left or something. I said well then you know what? I think I'd rather have no Ford and and Fab 
than Ford and no fab. I don't know that I want to have zero fab left. So we need to talk about that angle of it too. Is like, do you set yourself up for disaster? It is week three and you spend almost all or all of your fab by week three, you know, but so that's a two-part question, Jamie. I'm sorry for rambling. How much would you spend on Ford? What's your answer? And then let's talk about that prospect of emptying your fab this early in the season for someone. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Dave sort of alluded to this. You have to know your league and you have to know your situation clearly, you know. So if you are in a, a, in a league mm-hmm. that is going to be very aggressive with free agent bids early in the season, then you probably should spend whatever you have left or close to what you have left because you don't know how many of these guys are going to become available throughout <laughs> the course of the season, you know. So, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, put anything out there of jinxing players, but, you know, we, we have some handcuffs that are still out there for, for certain players that you might want to go get just in case these injuries do occur again. But this is a guy that's rostered. I think his, his, his roster percentage from the time I wrote it was 23%. Now it's up to 25%. So people that were able to make moves last night have already done so. Um, but like your, your friend was, was alluding to, you know, we may get another scenario like this in week five or week seven or week 10, you know, and, and I don't know if it'll be better, but it could be similar. And so if you don't need Jerome Ford, you're not going to spend that much to go get him. But if you do need him and you're 0-2 and this is the type of player that could save you for a few weeks, then what are you going to save your fab for? So it just comes down to, you know, what your situation is. And so the way that I wrote it in the story was 50%, if not more, you know, so you got to be prepared to spend a lot of your fab. You got to be prepared that this might be the player that could help you win several weeks. And if you can get a player that's going to help you win several weeks, forget about the season. If, can he get you through the next month? And I think he can. You know, it's a tough matchup against Tennessee, but you know, with again all the running backs that I told you that are that are potentially missing for week three, he's top fifteen. I don't know where you ranked him, Dave, but he's top fifteen for me. And if this was Nick Chubb, he would be top ten. But if this was any other matchup, he would probably be in terms of Jerome Ford top ten because again, the the scenario is that good based on how they run the ball, based on that they'll use him in the passing game. And if they if they are bringing in somebody, even if it's Kareem Hunt at this point. They're not bringing in somebody to start over him for this week. So for at least one week, you're getting a potential bell cow, and that's hard to overlook. It, it is very hard to overlook. Um, now, do we? you're thinking, I, th- I think if you look at the possible handcuffs out there, I don't know that it's going to get much better than this. There is a history of right. Nick Chubb missing time in 2020 and 2021, and in I think there were six games total. Um we were talking about no splits, really, in the backfield. We were talking about either Kareem Hunt getting most, mostly all the work or Dearness Johnson. I think it may have been seven games. Dearness Johnson having two huge games. Remember that Thursday night game where both Hunt and, uh, and Chubb were out? So they weren't really splitting it. I know people are worried about the Kareem Hunt thing, but Dave already talked about that. Uh, it's not the Kareem Hunt thing for me. It's it's the Taylor Akers thing for me. Okay. Mm. You know, do, do they look at their team and say, okay, we're one and one. We basically gave away a game last night because of turnovers. We lost our best player. And is this our is this our window right now? Because we got a I would say they have a championship caliber defense. You know, I don't know if they're the best in the league, but they're going to be in the upper half. And they paid their quarterback to be that type of guy. So does does bringing in I don't know. I mean, look, again, this this could be season career ending for Nick Chubb. So do they bring in a Jonathan Taylor to sort of that's the next guy? Do they go get a Cam Akers as a bridge, you know, until they figure out their answer or or to help out Jerome Ford? You know, I think Kevin Stefanski, as Dave alluded to, 
th- th- they feel comfortable with him. They they probably would have made a move to bring in somebody else already at this point if they weren't comfortable with him, knowing what the depth of this backfield looks like. So it probably does not speak to that, that they're going to add somebody of significance. But you just have to factor that in. You really just have to factor that in, that they they could go any which way at this point. you know. So you, you, you would hope as a Jerome Ford fantasy manager right now or somebody that's going to get him first on waivers, most fab in your league, you know, that you, you're guaranteed to get him, that it is a Kareem Hunt, that it is a Leonard Fournette, that it is one of these retread guys. The worst case scenario, again, is they go out and make a trade for somebody. And look, they could they could call Jacksonville and say, hey, we'll take Dearness Johnson back. You know, and that's somebody that's familiar with their system. You know, they could do something like that too, which would be, I think, a little bit of a downgrade to, to Jerome Ford. But he's in such a great spot right now. It's it's The investment is going to pay off as long as he stays healthy. And again, not, nothing else of significance is brought in. Uh, this team is, they traded so much for Watson and they don't even have a first round pick in 2024. Um, so I, you know, keep that in mind. They'd be giving up a lot really like to get Jonathan Taylor. I'm not saying right. they'd have to give up a first round pick, but they just don't have capital uh, necessarily like early round you capital. Do it, you, you, you know, again, taking a, 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 a broad picture Cleveland view of this, you do what the Rams did and you mortgage the future to, to try and compete now. You could do that. I, th- I don't think that. they need to rush into it though. The trade deadline isn't until after week eight. Uh, I'm sure the Colts are going to take offers on Taylor if if Taylor's still <laughs> getting offers at this point. Uh, they they'll take him. They'll take offers all the way through week four before they have to take him off the pup list. They could wait a week and see what they've got with Ford and Strong, and then decide what direction to move in. And even if they miss out on Cam Akers in a trade, there's still going to be another running back somewhere else in the league. Someone as minor as Dearness Johnson, someone as huge as Jonathan Taylor, although I'd be shocked if they traded for Jonathan Taylor because that means that they would have to pay Jonathan Taylor potentially. Um, I, I think the Browns can wait a little bit, and I think they can see what they've got in Ford and Strong first. All right. Uh, I have one more question about Jerome Ford. If you were going to make a short list of the worst run defenses to face for a fantasy running back, you'd put Tennessee, Baltimore, and San Francisco on that list. You probably put the Eagles on that list at this point now. But Tennessee, Baltimore, and San Francisco are the first three matchups for Jerome Ford. So yep. welcome welcome to the big leagues. Tennessee this week, then Baltimore, then a bye, and then San Francisco. So that sucks on paper. Should How should that factor into your... Like I, I'm not even going to pretend for one second that he shouldn't be the number one waiver claim. That's an easy conversation. But how should that schedule factor into your fab decision for Jerome Ford? It shouldn't because, you, again, you're taking a long-term <laughs> approach with this that if he is the guy for Cleveland, that he'll still be productive in those matchups, not superstar in those matchups because Nick Chubb would be a superstar in those matchups regardless <laughs> to whatever degree you want to rank him in that regard. Um, I, I want to have the starting running back for the Browns on my team. Playing devil's advocate here, let's say he's the starter for those three games. There's a bye mixed in there as well. And uh, the Browns decide, you know what? He's, he's not effective against these defenses. Let's go and get somebody else. And so by the time they get to week seven, it's the Colts and then the Seahawks and then the Cardinals. Those are the next three games after that murderer's row that Adam brought up. Will it still be Jerome Ford? Could he still be that guy? Now, again, I said I'm playing devil's advocate because I think as long as they don't make a a significant move, it's going to be Jerome Ford. Uh, So that's why I'm not going higher than 70%. And and it's also why I'm looking forward to talking about what's what's through the other door. If 
fantasy managers don't if, if you're if you lost Chubb, if you lost Dobbins and you're in real need for a running back, this isn't your only option for okay. this week and moving forward. Segway. There's there's another way to go here. Segway alert. All right. So other than Jerome Ford, who are your top priorities? Let's say top three priorities on the waiver wire this week. Dave, you can start. Zach Moss is going to be number one after that, and he should be able to get you through at least two more weeks. And there is a path if the Colts trade Jonathan Taylor or if Jonathan Taylor plays hardball and sits out after being activated from the pup list, which is a possibility where Moss can be a starter for your fantasy team for the next. I didn't actually count the weeks, so I apologize. I I can do it in a second. Let's call it six weeks. And so that's somebody who can get you by for the next several weeks, and you don't have to spend a a ton of fab to get him. I would say 20%, 25% might be able to get Zach Moss. And that's a lot for a guy that might only give you two weeks, but I I think that he's clearly the feature back in Indianapolis. After that, it's just more piecemeal running backs. Justice Hill is 41% available. Um, He would be next up for me, especially if I needed a running back. And then that's when I would get into some other positions. Uh, Traylon Burks, Hunter Henry would come after that. I'm not interested in the Giants guys very much. I'm definitely not interested in Tony Jones. And then we can talk about other potential handcuff what about running Reynolds? backs. What about Reynolds? Where does he factor in here? He's up there. He's definitely up there. He's uh, he's right in the top six. Okay. But the top three, if you're interested, all running backs, Ford, Moss, Justice Hill. Okay, Jamie, how about you? Top three other than Ford? It would be Moss. Then Brita, then Justice Hill. Um, I just, you know, I I brought this up last night, but it was actually Gary Brightwell who had more carries than Brita. There were two games last year that Barkley either missed or got hurt or barely played, barely played in the Eagles game, both Eagles games actually. And Brightwell uh, had more carries, which just kind of made me feel like you know, I don't really want anything to do with this, especially Thursday against San Francisco. I don't think we're going to feel comfortable there. Now, week four against Seattle might be a different story. Barkley could be back against the Dolphins in week five. Could. Uh, I have a lot to think. I have a lot to say about that because Barkley, this is, I mean, that looked like a bad ankle injury, and he's had two ankle injuries in his career, and he has struggled coming back from both of them. I mean, he was just not very good after after returning from both of those ankle injuries. I don't know if that is if one has anything to do with the other. But but anyway, I mean, what do you think about that whole Gary Brightwell thing? Because I, I was originally just like, oh, yeah, Brita, not a bad ad, like flexy. But that Brightwell thing from last year, I don't know if it carries over, no idea. But I want to get your thoughts on that. It, I mean, it's it's definitely something to think about whenever you get these backup guys in there. You know, are, are is it, unless it's a, a one-for-one, you know, Ford stepping in for for uh, for Chubb. And like I said, whenever you see that, and you see the way that you perform, it just puts your mind at ease. Like you shouldn't be aggressive really with any of these guys aside from Ford and Moss, just because of what the situation is. I mean, Zach Moss paid 98% of the snaps. You know, that's crazy that how much they right. leaned on him in his first game back. So you have you have easy scenarios here. Like Craig Reynolds, is it going to be him just stepping into Montgomery's role, or are they actually going to put more on Jameer Gibbs' plate? You know, is it going to be, you know, Tony Jones getting all the work against the Packers? So for one week. You might have a guy that could start for you because we know Green Bay's run defense has been really iffy. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind, too. It could be Kendra Miller. It could be more Taysom Hill. You know, but he played 51% of the snaps last night against the Panthers, and he scored two touchdowns So in terms of Tony Jones. So, you know, it's one week versus three weeks versus long term. You know, that's how you just have to sort of catch it. And I, I think for, for what you're looking at, it just depends on what your team is and how much, again, fab you want to invest. You know, so if you don't need 
Jerome Ford. I can't imagine anybody wouldn't want to have him. But if you don't want to spend like your friend, you know, the rest of your fab on him, you know, there are some guys that might be able to sort of get you right. through the next several weeks as you sort of navigate the rough, rough, rough waters of the running back position. And you'll save a lot of fab doing it. You just won't have a guy who could potentially let you, you know, put your feet up and say, ah, I don't have to worry about this spot anymore. I've got Jerome Ford, which, yeah. you know, would have sounded silly a month ago, but uh, there's a legit possibility. Jamie, you can disagree with me. There's a legit possibility he's an RB2 the rest of the season. Who, Ford? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, I was talking I about it with a definite RB2 the rest of the season if he stays in this role. Yeah, I was talking about it with Chris last night. You think about the running back situation right now. I think there's a legit possibility he's an RB1. Yes. I just, I, I hate I hate these first three games because it reminds me a little bit. It doesn't really because there's no competition right now. But if you remember the year, like four or five years ago, Aaron Jones was suspended for the first two games and Jamal Williams had two really brutal matchups to start the year and he stunk and Aaron Jones came back from suspension and, and just I feel like he just took over. And I just hate these first three matchups, but I, there's no competition there. There's no comp, and we saw like Kyron Williams. Not like he was so good against the 49ers, but he got every touch. He scored three yep. touchdowns. So yeah, you go for it with uh, with four. I think the other thing to keep in mind is you know you're going to get some situations where there might be some players dropped for Jerome Ford. One that comes to mind for me this week is Josh Kelly because he was bad against the Titans, and you may get Eckler's returning, oh. and we just don't know. And some much better matchup for Kelly this week against Minnesota. Right. And if he's the guy there, you know, again, you're just trying to get from week to week, you know, so keep an eye on some of the players that are being dropped. You know, somebody, I got a few questions last night. Oh, I got I, my roster. My bench is tight. I'm going to drop Raheem Mostert for, for Jerome Ooh. Ford. Yikes. And you should, if your bench is tight and your roster is tight. Can't you trade him first though? Couldn't you try and trade him first? should go pick up Raheem Mostert. You know, I mean, these 10, 18 leagues, you know, people have some tough calls to make, you know, you're going to get people. I got, you know, a few of these last night, I think as the game was unfolding, Jalen Warren or Roshan Johnson to drop for yes. Jerome Ford. Again, you're doing that. Uh, yes. But then the other person should go pick up in your league. The other people in your league should go be looking to pick up Roshan Johnson and Jalen Warren. You know, so there are going to be some players that get dropped in some of these shallower leagues that will be helpful to you. Just keep an eye on it. And then, you know, again, I don't want to put this out there, but some of the other handcuffs that you should be looking at to be aggressive with Ty J Spears. <clears throat> that's a one for one. Ty Chandler. I mean, we could see Alexander Madison falling out of favor. You know, I hope not, but that's the situation there. Sean Tucker in Tampa Bay, you know, another one for one. Doesn't play the same role, but will maybe do a little bit different things in, in the run game. Uh, you know, it, not as attractive, but Keontae Ingram. And then, again, just looking at situation, Rico Dowdle, you know, just based on what I think he'll be able to do if he is the guy there in Dallas. But again, you're looking at the Dallas running back, you know, so these are guys that you should be putting on the end of your bench. You know, Adam and I were talking about this last night. We were texting about this. Like, you you got upset with me, jokingly, that I picked up Jerome <sighs> Ford going into the weekend. But I did that in almost every league. And I told you, I said, in, in, in the league that I share with my 11-year-old, um, we were talking about it. And I said, do you want this guy, this guy, or this guy? And we chose Ty J. Speard over Jerome Ford. And obviously, regret that move. But that's the type of moves that you should be doing. If you have a bench spot that just is not being used for you, yep. these are the type of – we. I mean, how many times have you heard me say this phrase? Lottery tickets. These are the lottery tickets that will help you win your leagues. And it happens every year. You don't always hit on them. But if you do, in this case situation, you're going to maybe win your fantasy league. It sucks because you'd rather have Nick Chubb out there. But, you know, this is now the opportunity for Jerome Ford to help you and help the Browns. 
All right, we got to take a break here. Well, let me tell you, though, before you do that, uh, we have a live stream on Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We have a live stream on Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. We have a live stream on Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So join us those three nights or morning, you know, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday morning to help you set your lineups, answer any of your questions. It's all at youtube.com slash today. Join our Facebook group. Just search for Fantasy Football Today on Facebook. And sit tight. We have a lot more to get to. Did you know that Jalen Waddle? Is in the concussion protocol. That was a that one snuck up on us. That Brandon Ayuk might not play this week. So we've got a lot of injuries and wait. Man, we got a busy show today. And there were those two stinkers last night. I'm not even sure if we'll have time to talk about that. Uh, we'll be right back on fantasy football today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so Nick Chubb out for the year. Barkley, the timetable is about three weeks with an ankle sprain. San Francisco on Thursday, then Seattle, then Miami for the Giants in the next three weeks. David Montgomery said he's going to need about two weeks to heal from his thigh bruise, but his coach, Dan Campbell, said he's in the day-to-day category or something like that. Um, I'm going to guess that you're not expecting Montgomery this week. No. Not this week, though, but again, this is why you got to be a little bit cautious with Reynolds. What if it's not week to week if it's just one week. Jamal Williams left with a hamstring injury and Kamara will be back in week four. They're at Green Bay this week. Cam Akers seems likely to get traded. So some players, some wide receivers to watch for their availability for this week. DK Metcalf, he did come back, but he's dealing with this ribs injury. Jalen Waddle concussion protocol. Brandon Ayuk, shoulder injury. Um, Devontae Adams apparently is good. I don't know. Does that mean he cleared the concussion protocol? I don't know. No. I, I don't know if he has or not, but the coach said that he's he's doing okay. So right. could be one of those situations where he's in the concussion protocol and you know he'll clear it in time for the game. We're ranking him this week. It's one of the stupidest things that I've seen. They're down 18. They pull Josh Jacobs. They take a shot down the field for Devontae Adams. That has no bearing on the outcome. There's Triple no way coverage, by the way. <laughs> Triple coverage. And yeah. he just gets blasted. Um, what else? Uh, oh, and his teammate, Jacoby Myers, is trending in the right direction, trying to come back from his concussion. Zay Jones, we don't know about his status. He's got a knee injury. Darnell Mooney thinks he'll be okay with his knee. Odell Beckham's ankle injury is apparently not serious. And Deontay Johnson is on IR, and he's got to miss the next four games. I mean, they didn't even put him on IR. so that Well, three now. Oh, really? Because I thought... No, week two counts okay. toward his okay, IR. Good. That's why they did it when they did it. All right. Right. He'll All come right. back after the bye in week seven. Okay. And Fair that's enough. why whenever that situation happens, you do what I did, which apparently caused somebody to get upset in the podcast. What? 
I had Deontay Johnson on the podcast roster. I did it in two leagues where it oh. was eligible. You pick up somebody that's playing Monday night. I did it in in two leagues where where I could do it. Podcast <laughs> league was one. I picked up Adam Thielen. Just he was playing. Who cares? You know. Yeah, you had to and take a shot, and you probably right. had to keep him. You, and you did it after he was IR eligible, right? <clears throat> you did nothing wrong. No, I'm not saying I did anything wrong, but it, no. it apparently caused oh. some questions. No, no, right. no. Someone just was wondering why did you pick up Adam Thielen because he had such a bad game, but he oh. ended up for, in week one. But then, you know. Yes. Uh, quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson's got the concussion. Joe Burrow, we do not know what's going on here. We don't know. He, his status for week three is uncertain. And, uh, you know, he came back too soon, it seems. Jamar Chase sort of hinted to that. And well, Remember what Chase said initially? Yeah. Five weeks. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I mean, maybe a topic for Wednesday's show, but I don't think I want to, unless it's super low, I don't think I want to buy low on Jamar Chase right now. Oh, I'd be buying low on Jamar oh, Chase. Oh, I'd be all well, over. Well, to what degree? I mean, like I said, I, I last week I offered Stefan Diggs for Chase, and it was declined. That's not really buying low, though. No, that's, no. Well, that's now it's not. not, for sure. But, okay, you trade Puka Nakua for him? In a heartbeat. Oh, my God, yes. Would you trade Calvin Ridley for him? In a heartbeat. Uh, I don't know if I'd do that. Okay, because that's kind of where I'm at. Like, eh, I don't know Close. if I'd go do that. But Ridley straight up for him, yeah, I, pro- I probably would. But it, you know, had think about it for a few seconds there. The uh, the frustrating thing about this, and just keep this in mind when you're making your waiver moves, they don't play until Monday. We're not going to get a practice report on them until Thursday. Until yeah, until Thursday. So you may not know Joe Burrow's status. So just be prepared to get a quarterback. Yeah, we. I just wrap on this, but we cannot rule out Joe Burrow going on IR, right? Correct. That is technically in play. I mean, it's technically in play for everyone, but it's, you know, it's not it's not completely unlikely for Burrow. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's just vague right now. I right? mean, the same, we could say the exact same thing for anybody that got hurt in week two but didn't suffer, you know, a terrible injury like Nick Chubb. We can't rule out that Saquon is going to go on IR, and the team doesn't have to make a decision until like mm-hmm. leading up to the game, just like the Steelers did. Okay. Uh, Logan Thomas is an injured tight end. Oh, Lamar Jackson has a hand injury, but it does not seem to be a big deal. Is there any more fab you want to talk about? So Ford, we know, is a potential break the bank guy. And the how about Zach Moss? What did you say? 20? Yeah, in that range. How about Josh Reynolds? How much would you spend of your original budget? 10 to 15. Yeah, 10 max. Hunter Henry? Uh, Same, 10 to 15. Yeah, I'd go a little higher because it's a tight end. All right, top three at each position. Let's get some names floating out there. Actually, let's... Yeah, let's do that. We'll do it, yeah. Top three at each position. Jamie, who are the top three quarterbacks to get this week who are rostered um, in 65% of leagues or fewer? So it's it's kind of... Uh, I'm a little all over the place with that just because of the super flex and two QB league options, but... Um, Stafford, I think you got to buy into what he's doing, you know, with the pass attempts, the touchdowns have not been there for him, but as long as he stays healthy, he looks like he may have a great receiving core. If Cooper cup does return with the way that the other two guys are playing and he's healthy right now. So, uh, he would be the first one to go look at. And I don't think a a tremendously difficult matchup against the Bengals on Monday night, although it shouldn't be easy for him, but he's just got to get that second touchdown if he can get it. Uh, Gardner Minshew would be second just because you've seen enough of him in his career when he does play. And so if Anthony Richardson is out, I'd look at that in terms of a super flex or two QB option, maybe as a replacement for Joe Burrow this week, Sam Howell. I liked him in the preseason. He looked really good against the Broncos, you know, and, and tough schedule coming up, but 
you know, you're seeing just a lot of options for him at play right now in terms of his receiving core. So he would be third. And then I'll put Baker Mayfield there. They're rostered in the same amount of leagues. Baker's balling. You know, no turnovers in the first two games. Mike Evans is playing great. Uh, I know the, the matchup against Philly on paper should be bad. They just lost Avante Maddox. So this could be a big opportunity for a guy like Chris Godwin, um, their slot corner being out there. And so, mm. you know, Baker may have an op- opportunity to still be a decent option. But in terms of Howell and Mayfield, you know, I'd love to know what the um, the amount of leagues are super flex and 2QB because they're only rostered in 35% of our leagues. So I'm going to guess that's the majority of those formats. But if you're in an 8 or 10 team super flex league or 2QB league and those guys are not rostered, please go get them. Um, I don't think there are that many super flex leagues. Uh, but I, we could probably find that out. But yeah, all right. It, I don't know. This was wasn't the most inspiring list of quarterbacks, to be honest. No, because but, most of them are rostered. You yeah. know? So, like for example, <laughs> in terms of Stafford and Howell, you know, who are and 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 at this point, really even Baker, like Derek Carr and Kenny Pickett are rostered in many more leagues than those guys. Not for I'd long. rather have Stafford and and those two quarterbacks in particular on my bench if I'm just looking to stash a quarterback on my bench than those two. Okay. Uh, running backs, Dave. And then I'm sorry, one more. Just Jake, Jake Browning. You know, just in case. You know, I, I know we're we're not expecting him to be Joe Burrow, but he still has those weapons. And so, you know, can he get you 18 points per game? You know, that's not a, a horrible place to be if you're stuck. Okay. I mean, this is basically the waiver wire segment, but I'm, I can't make the case because of the matchups. But Mac Jones, his next two matchups are the Jets. His next three matchups are horrible. Jets, Cowboys, Saints. So you can forget it. But there's some encouraging stuff out of New England, at least just their pace, the amount of times they're throwing, but forget it. All right, Dave, who are the top three running backs? It might be obvious, but go for it. it. It's Jerome Ford, it's Zach Moss, and it's Justice Hill. Each of them is available in at least 40% of CBS Sports League, so they're out there. I don't know if there's really much else to say. That's fine. Uh, Dave, I'll go back to you. Who are the top three wide receivers? My top wide receiver is Traylon Burks because I'm thinking rest of season. He's available in 45% of leagues. Josh Reynolds is behind him. He's available in 79% of leagues. That's going to change. He's going to be rostered everywhere. Tutu Atwell would be behind him. That's my top three. Burks, Reynolds, Atwell. Burt Reynolds. Burks, Reynolds. Yes. So wait, let's talk about this Traylon Burks thing here. Why is this a rest of season player? You're just having some trouble trusting DeAndre Hopkins with the injury, and uh, there's a little bit of that. And there, we saw what Burks could do on that deep throw from Tannehill. I thought Tannehill looked a lot better in week two than he did in week one. And it's just it's a long term upside play. I, I think if you need a receiver in week three to start, I'd feel better about Reynolds than Burks. But I'm thinking I'm thinking the rest of the way, and I think Burks will have some big games. Jamie, the top tight ends. Uh, Hunter Henry, you mentioned, you know, two touchdowns in the first two games, 13 targets and, you know, playing very well in this Bill O'Brien offense. And Mac Jones is clearly relying on him enough that you can trust him as a potential top five tight end, but certainly as a top 10 tight end for the foreseeable future. Uh, Jake Ferguson, again, we've talked about this for several weeks now, seven targets in week one. I'd love to see what this offense just as a whole will look like in a competitive game after beating their first two opponents out of New York, 40 to 10, uh, 70 to 10, excuse me. Um, well, so I think Ferguson not going to happen some. this week, Jamie. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Against Arizona. Not, not exactly the most appealing situation. <laughs> and then, look, give Zach Ertz some credit. You know, six catches each of the first two games. Uh, more of a PPR play than anything else because he's not doing much with it. But um, you're, you're seeing the targets there, and it's hard to overlook 18 targets in two weeks. So, 
you know, as, as poorly as the Cardinals offense is, Zach Ertz has become a go-to guy for Josh Dobbs. Would you move Taysom Hill ahead of Ertz if it's a non-PPR league? Oh, yeah. Ferguson, yeah. too? Um, probably so. Yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill is a borderline, you know, again, it depends on the platform you're using because a lot of leagues have moved him to quarterback only. So just keep that in mind. But for us as a tight end, yes, I think Taysom Hill, as long as they don't bring in somebody else, has top 12 upside in non-PPR. And you, even when Kamara comes back, you're saying just for week no, three? No, no, no. This is just for week three. Okay. Um, what? Let's talk a little bit more about Hunter Henry because this is, you know, it's impressive stuff. And Like I said with Mac Jones, I mean, Hunter Henry has the same matchups, Jets, Cowboys, Saints. Um, the, the Jets, I don't know that they're so, I don't know that the Jets and the Cowboys are so amazing against tight ends, but these are good defenses. The Saints are amazing against tight ends. But Henry, 61% rostered and two good games so far. But do we buy into it? I mean, how much are you guys buying it with Henry? Oh, I'm buying it. I mean, you know, it's not like this guy has, doesn't have a pedigree. You know, he's been a pretty good fantasy tight end throughout his career when he's gotten opportunities and, and I'll say quality quarterback play. I don't know if this qualifies yet, but it's 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 looking much better. You know, the concern going into the year for me at least was, okay, this is a guy, Mike Gusecki, that Bill O'Brien has a history with and was was someone that they, you know, were moderately attracted to to bring in as a, as a quality playmaker for them. And you heard some good things in the offseason minicamp. Then he got hurt. Uh, but, but Henry's the better player. And, you know, I, I think you're seeing it right now. So I, I don't have a problem chasing the, the first two weeks of production because of what this offense has done for tight ends, what Mac Jones, I think, will do for him. <laughs> and look, you had one big week for Kendrick Bourne. He got a lot of targets in week two also. You know, you don't get fancy points for air yards, and he ran a lot of them. Um, Devontae Parker, you know, stepped up in week two, but he was a disappearing. He didn't play in week one. Juju's been a disappearing act for the majority of the first two games. So this has been a constant, you know. So you're averaging six and a half targets. You're getting six catches. You're getting, you know, he's been, he's 10 and a half PPR points without the touchdowns. You know, so that's a good place to be right now. Yeah. And uh, his touchdown shouldn't have counted, by the way, but not, we're not going to hold that against Hunter Henry. Why not? Why not? Yeah, there was an ineligible man downfield. Collinsworth was like, there should have been two penalties on this play or something like that. But um, nice Collinsworth impersonation. Yeah. I thank you. I'd say, say I do a good Collinsworth. I'm going to do the Here next. you go. All right, Dave, give me some DSTs. I'm Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> uh, I would defer to Jamie. I'm not prepared for Jamie. Jamie, give me, Al, give me some DSTs. Oh, my God. You sound like a farmer. Nah, that's <laughs> not a real impression. Uh, the Chiefs are my favorite one just because we've seen Justin <laughs> Fields look awful. Yeah. Uh, the Titans, you know, again, just looking at how they will defend the run of Deshaun Watson looks awful. Uh, the Seahawks get the Panthers and that inept offense right now. And then the Dolphins against the Broncos because I think Denver going on the road after two straight home games, Miami coming back for their first home game. I think the weather is going to be impactful here. It's going to be hot and muggy. So Denver could struggle. Russell Wilson could struggle. And I, I, I wasn't impressed with the way the Broncos looked in the second half of that game. Kickers, Jamie? Brandon Aubrey should be rostered regardless of the matchup yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. You know, he's 50% on, on our site. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, I think that'll be a field goal game for the Browns. Uh, Brandon McManus against Houston, and then Jason Sanders against Jason Saunders against the Broncos. Can I ask about a couple of DSTs and where you've got them, Jamie? Sure. The Titans and the Raiders. Titans are top 12. Uh, Raiders are just outside that, so they're in, in the top 15, but I like the I, other four better. I love those teams this week because they're taking on – the Titans are taking on the Browns. Raiders taking on the Steelers. They just beat the hell out of each other on Monday night. And those two teams should be fresh and ready to go in week three. I think it depends on your scoring, too. 
because as we saw last night, the Steelers uh, defense could look awful and still create some turnovers and score touchdowns. And that could ruin your point total on the other side. All oh, right. If you lose points if, for DSTs through it at a different round, over 40 yards total offense, you know, so it wasn't like the Steelers defense was great. <laughs> um, it's been a while since the Steelers have had that. Jason Sanders, right? You said both there. I'm sure it's Sanders. Jason Sanders. Yeah, Sanders. All right, Dave, who's our IDP? IDP pickup. Let's start at defensive line and Harrison Phillips, who's had a lot of tackle volume over the first two weeks of the season for Minnesota. I'd buy into that on the D-line. At DB, Dax Hill has been playing great over the first two weeks of the season. Double-digit fantasy points if tackles count. Two DBs that are hurt right now. It looks like Amani Hooker's got a chance to play. He was really good in week one. Reed Blankenship in Philadelphia. Part of the reason why the Eagles have been so bad against tight ends is because of Blankenship, and, and then he got hurt. Hopefully he's available week three against Tampa Bay. And do I have a linebacker in here? Um, you know, I've been impressed with Dennis Gardeck, but he's more of a rusher and not necessarily a tackle getter among the LBs. Um, maybe Terrell Bernard qualifies in Buffalo as a linebacker that fantasy managers could go and, and expect target or tackle volume from. Uh, 11 tackles week one, six in week two with an interception. Uh, I got one. Zach Cunningham for the Eagles. He's replacing the Kobe Dean. Well, he's a starter anyway, I think. But I think he'll be their leading tackle tackler. Yeah. And he didn't have a ton last week, but the you know the, the Vikings had like nine carries. Run. Right. So he actually he, had eight tackles in a game the Vikings barely ran. Right. He had five solo, but but eight total tackles. So Zach Cunningham actually, I think, is someone I'm going to be looking at. I have some pretty lousy linebackers in our IDP league. Uh, let's talk about guys that that don't get a lot of pub on this show, but shallow league guys like the Nico Collins of the world, because <laughs> I would maybe break my bank for Nico Collins. I'm pretty excited about it. I don't know. That about, whole receiving core is I wouldn't do that. Out. But Yeah, I know. It's crazy. We, we talked about it so much on yesterday's show. Please listen to Beyond the Box Score. But Nico Collins is something like 78% rostered. Yeah. But um, is would he be the second priority? Let's say Jerome Ford's number one no matter what. But all the other people we've talked about today, is would Nico Collins be ahead of them? Yes. Um, he's awesome. Who else? Jordan Love. Jordan Love probably not this week against the Saints, but are we buying it for basically rest of season? I mean, look, he scored six touchdowns in two games without his best receiver. Right. You know, so it's it's a little erratic, you know, with in terms of, you know, the, the passes that he's missing on, but there are some throws that he's made that his receivers haven't helped him out too. You know, so, you know, to, to do what he did last week, I thought was very impressive because not only did not have Watson, he didn't have Aaron Jones. You know, so you could argue maybe his two top pass catchers not being there. So yeah, uh, for sure. You want to, again going back to whatever your your number two quarterback situation is, and if you're the Joe Burrow fantasy manager, you might be exploring a trade for Jordan Love was on somebody's bench in a one quarterback league. So um, that's the type of move I think that can help you out long term. Saints and then the Lions, the Raiders, a bye, the Broncos and the Vikings. If the Rams defense isn't what they've been the first two weeks of the season, he's got them after that. He's he's a terrific guy to go and try and get. Rashawn Johnson, uh, Jalen Warren, these guys are available. Oh. <clears throat> Tank Bigsby still available. They, I, mean, I mean, they're in, in like twenty to five to twenty to twenty five percent of leagues. They're, they're Bigsby's somebody leagues. that might get dropped because he didn't play. Yeah, uh, well, he didn't get any, any touches in week two, and this could be a situation where if they're playing with a lead, like we saw in week one, you know, they might lean on him a little bit. 
Oh, Jacoby and he Myers. would be one of those guys. I think if something happened to ETN, yes, of course, we'd be talking about him like we've yes. talked about Jerome Ford today. Yes. Yep. But don't so if he gets dropped and you've got ETN, maybe make the room for him. And don't you may see that. also just because of you know moves that people have to make, Elijah Mitchell may get dropped. He's rostered. Oh, in you have to. Yep. And he to me is is the lottery ticket. Yeah, just don't Until don't talk about hurt, then it's Jordan Mason. Don't talk about ETN getting hurt is what I was trying to say earlier. Like, don't even speak that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't, I, I hate I hate the idea of it. Okay, yeah. fine. ETN uh, <laughs> wins <laughs> Publishers Clearinghouse <laughs> and buys his own island in the Pacific. Uh, last thing was Jacoby. Last player was Jacoby Myers. Uh, he had such a good yeah, week. That's one. a great one too. Seventy five percent rostered, and uh, Nico Collins or Jacoby Myers. Nico, but. I'd look for both. Uh, Nico. PPR. And, and in the off chance that Devontae Adams is out, then Myers would be better than Nico this week. Are you seeing Nico Collins' snap shares? He's playing 50 to 60% of the snaps. It's the strangest thing. There, I can't, we couldn't find any explanation for it, but very weird. And But this is where snap count becomes a little bit irrelevant. Like mm-hmm. when, when they're on That's the field, weird, they get though. like, but that's weird because he's running fewer routes than Tank Dell and then Robert Woods. He's just the number three receiver in terms of involvement. It is really weird, but he's killing it. Yeah, I don't care. No, I don't either. Like I said, I mean, I'm super excited, but it is weird. One one thing I did care about was Kendrick Bourne, who the Patriots each of the first two weeks have had one wide receiver play basically every snap. And in week one, it was Bourne. In week two, it was Devontae Parker. And Bourne played... About half the snaps, fifty to sixty percent. That but still was still led strange. them in targets, though. Did he? Yes. Okay. Well, but that's still though. I mean, that's just weird. Um, all right. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we will spend a, a few minutes on last night's games. There were a couple of games last night, and they were both one-score games. And uh, and then we'll get into more waiver wire players for you, including the deep league guys. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New Orleans 20 and Carolina 17. Any major fantasy takeaways from this, Dave Richard? Are you starting to get worried about Miles Sanders yet? A little bit. I want to give him a little bit of passes because of the game, the the opponent last night. But, you know, fumble in week one, losing passing down work to Chuba Hubbard. Right. I didn't see, or maybe I did see, how much Chuba played in the fourth quarter. A lot, uh, a lot. 12 of 21 snaps in the fourth quarter when they were trailing. But they're going to be trailing a lot. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he might be a, a sell and get whatever you can. Their schedule coming up at Seattle, Minnesota, Detroit. So it's not that bad of a schedule short term. So 
I don't know. Maybe he's not a sell high or sell whatever. Maybe you just got to be patient with him. Can't argue with 17 touches. It's just the production's bad. The line's bad. Quarterback's bad. Mm. Um, I like the involvement for Thielen. <coughs> and if they can't run, this is where they go. They're going to go for a short area target like Adam Thielen to rack up catches and, and less than 10 yards per catch moving forward. So if Thielen is out there in your leagues, and I think he is in a handful, what's his roster ship right now? He's at 42%. Yeah. 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 He's a, he's out there in about half of CBS sports leagues. I'm not prioritizing him over Burks Reynolds, not even Tutu Atwell, but he's out there. He's someone that could be um, fairly effective. If you just need a bench wide receiver and you can probably get him for next to nothing in fab too. I haven't looked into this, but I feel like Michael Thomas is a superstar in the first half and then completely invisible, yeah. right? Both games. It's yeah. like I'm sitting there going, oh, God, Olave's not going to have a good game. Michael Thomas is going off. And then at the end of the day, Olave is just fine. Olave was ridiculous. Was you want me to look it up? No, nah, that's all right. Um, I want to look it up. Miles Sanders, uh, 22 touches in week one, 17 in week two. So if you want to believe in it, the one thing he hasn't done yet is breaking off, broken off a big run, and that's kind of a, a staple for him. He's an explosive guy. He has a 13-yard carry. That's his longest carry of the season. So that's what's missing so far. If that comes, things could change for him. <laughs> what? Guess how many targets Michael Thomas has in the second half of games this year? Two. Correct. It's weird, right? Uh, it's like he sets it up for Olave. All right, Pittsburgh yeah. 26. I think the thing with Sanders is he's going to end up being a trap back. <laughs> They're not going to score very much, and if he's not catching passes, it could be a problem. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's definitely possible, and you know that he's yeah. got an injury history as well. The only thing I'd say, would Thomas, he, would he Thomas has, get more targets if if the Saints were in more competitive games in the second half? They, they were competitive, competitive. and in Week One they needed to. They were competitive too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were able to run a decent amount. Uh, I, I bet, I bet he gets more than two targets in the second half against Green Bay. No, I was sorry to say this about Sanders though, is that he does have seven catches. So he's not the third down back, but he's still getting some catches. So, but are are these dump off catches? Who cares? I hope they are. Yeah, but he's not doing anything with them. It doesn't matter. He's still getting PPR point. Yeah, he averaged like one point one, <laughs> less than one point one yards per catch. Well, I guess more than that. He had four yeah, yards I, I, I'm catch. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt that he would have had thirteen point eight points in week one without the fumble, and then last night playing the. Saints, which is going to be one of the toughest defenses, I think, across the board, but certainly against the run. So this is a this is a telling week against Seattle, which you know yeah. a little, little little more suspect against run. All right, Pittsburgh twenty six, Cleveland twenty two. I mean, Pittsburgh scored two defensive touchdowns in this game. Yeah, they had one big play on offense, George Pickens touchdown. There was a, a cornerback number twenty three. Go watch that replay and tell me what he was doing, uh, trying to. Ta- it's like it, it reminded me of me. When I used to play tackle football, and I just was afraid to tackle people, uh, and just let Pickens go for this long touchdown. It was amazing, yeah, it was a great play. Um, but sloppy game, and Cooper was started in only twenty percent of leagues, understandably, and he had a big game: seven catches for ninety yards on the road. Jamie, what's your big <laughs> fantasy takeaway from from this one? Uh, Kenny Pickett's not good. Matt Canada's worse. Um, offensive line for Pittsburgh is still uh, a problem, but. The encouraging thing was the 10 targets to Pickens, you know, so went from a guy you got to be a little concerned about to somebody that, you know, certainly should be started in three receiver leagues because at least they're going to give him those chances. There's the chance for the big plays. So um, other than that, uh, I thought Najee saved himself with uh, the 21 yard run, although it looked like it took him 40 minutes to get from one side of the field to the other. Oh my gosh. Uh, Jalen Warren looked good. 
Um, but you know, he's still stuck in this timeshare with that team. So we'll see what happens moving forward. And then, you know, the, the, the disappointing thing was the lack of production from the other guys, you know, no Fryermuth, no Robinson, no Calvin Austin. So for, for certainly Fryermuth, but the other two, and if you're looking at, you're hoping for options in deeper leagues, I, I would move on. You know, I don't think Robinson or, or Calvin Austin are going to help. Pickens had the 34.5% target share. That's gorgeous after what happened in week one after Deontay Johnson left. Uh, I agree with Jamie. You write him out as, as a wide receiver. Almost a 60-40 split, not quite, between Najee and Warren. Warren played 11 of 14 snaps on third and fourth down. If you have eyeballs that you know, then you know that Warren looked better than Najee. And now it's just it's going to come down to a coaching decision on whether or not they think Warren can hold up if he's going to take over 60% of the snaps. We'll see. I'm going to keep him on my rosters for at least one more week. Do you think we should drop Najoku or Fryermuth for Hunter Henry? Yes. Wow. Yeah. You could. You could. And the problem is, is that now you're giving Fryermuth a shot to help somebody else out in your league. I'm, I may hesitate a little bit with Najoku, especially now that Chubb's out. So I'm going to split the difference. Najoku, Henry, Fryermuth. I would. Uh, I think you have to remember that Deshaun Watson did score 22.7 fantasy points in week one because he had 45 yards and a touchdown on the ground. But obviously, this guy is struggling at quarterback. I, I, he's 99% rostered. I could see him getting dropped. He does have the rushing upside, though, but it, there's not much to say. I mean, he's just... It still was also a desperate Steelers team at home. I don't so, know that that excuses it. I mean, he's... No, I'm not excusing it at all, but I I, I think what you <laughs> saw in week one is probably more of the norm. Uh, an erratic passer can still save himself with his legs. You know, he just made some bad throws. That's going to be what you're you're dealing with at this point. You know, he's certainly not the guy we saw in Houston. He's never going to get that back. And everything that we heard in the preseason is unfolding right before our eyes. Yeah, uh, Struggles to make easy throws, trying to do too much, trying to be a hero, holds the ball too long. But again, had no practice time with Amari Cooper this week because he was expected to miss the game. So that was a surprise. And I don't think they're doing enough to get the other guys involved. Najoku, Cooper, excuse me, Najoku, Elijah Moore, you know, he took the wow. shot to Donovan Peoples-Jones, should have been an interception. Um, you know, so he's just, he is what he is. You know, he was, he was, he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> he threw nine times at Elijah Moore, so he gave Elijah plenty of chances to do something in the game. The The thing that kind of is in the back of my head on Deshaun is the, the Browns can't say, okay, we're just going to take a lot off his plate now and be more balanced and run the football. There's no guarantee that they'll be great at that without Nick Chubb there. And so it, it, it makes me wonder if this team continues to lean into the pass, Watson be damned. And so some matchups coming up that I don't think are terrible. Tennessee, I think, is actually good for him. Yeah, it's great. Baltimore is better for him than it is for Jerome Ford. Uh, I don't know if I'm starting him in either of these matchups. I'm certainly going to drop him in 10-team leagues if I have another quarterback that I feel good about starting. Okay, let's uh, look at the waiver wire. The rest of the players we need to talk about here start with the quarterbacks. Stafford, we already spoke about. Um, how do you feel about Minshew as, a, as let's say, potentially a one-week replacement against the Ravens, who so far have been great against the pass, which is a little surprising given the injuries in the secondary. Mm-hmm. But they faced uh, C.J. Stroud and Joe Burrow, and so far they're giving up the six fewest yards per attempt. Gardner Minshew, where do you think you'll have him ranked this week? Just inside the top 20. But, you know, again, I, I hope he's not playing because I'd rather see Anthony Richardson out there. Um, 
he's a wild card. He's always going to be like that. You know, last last year, uh, huge game in one start in place of Jalen Hurts, and then a mediocre game. And the mediocre game was against a really good defense in Dallas. So, average twenty points per game in in those two matchups. So that's what he's capable of. I don't think he has a ceiling higher than that. But I like the way that he can always sort of do something a little crazy, and and that crazy can end up being. Something decent. So not a not a must-start guy in one quarterback league by any stretch, but in a two QB and super flex league, he should be picked up across the board. I'd we rather know how long the concussion may linger for Richardson. I missed what you said at the end. We don't know how long the concussion may linger for Richardson. Like I said, I hope it's we don't see Minshew at all, but who knows? There's more long-term upside for Howell and Stafford and probably for Baker Mayfield. <clears throat> so I'd I'd rather go with those guys. He's to me, he's a one-week <clears throat> replacement in super flex leagues. It's so funny. A quarterback going into two-week stretch facing the Eagles and the Saints, I would have no interest in. And then a bye. That's Baker Mayfield. But the Eagles have been so bad. They're allowing the most yeah. fantasy points to quarterbacks. I think Bradbury. I saw on the interwebs that Bradbury is coming back this week, but it wasn't He's got a shot. the most yep. reputable source. But I, I, I saw that Sirianni said he'd be back. I'm trying to confirm that. But um, I don't know about Blankenship, as Dave was talking about earlier. And, and he also said Avante Maddox, their slot corner, is probably <laughs> out for the year. So that's Mayfield. But then he gets the Saints in a bye week. So um, if you don't plan on starting Mayfield in week three, I'm not sure it makes sense to pick him up. I, I don't think you're going to start him in week four at the Saints, and you're certainly not going to start him in his bye week. Uh, any interest in Ryan Tannehill, who had a 23-point game in week two, and now he gets the Browns? No. <coughs> Okay. I'd start him over Minshew. How's that? Does that sound good? Uh, all right, let's go to the running backs here. You could look to see if Roshan Johnson, Jalen Warren, Elijah Mitzel, Antonio Gibson, and Tank Bigsby are available. Although I wonder with Gibson, is he more of a drop at this point? No. I I wouldn't want to drop him. Why not? He does nothing. Nothing. He has what? He has nine touches in two games. But they've won two games. Let's see what happens now against Buffalo and Philadelphia in the next two weeks. Let's see what happens. They're not going to be able to run out the clock because um, I think um, Brian Robinson had five carries in the first half. In uh, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Something like yeah. that in week it, it, yes uh, on Sunday. Uh, all right, Jerome Ford. How do you guys feel about Jerome Ford? Now start uh, pick him up. <laughs> Zach Moss is number two. Matt Breida. I brought up Gary Brightwell. If you're desperate, I don't know that anyone's going to look at him. And again. I'm not saying that the same thing is going to happen that happened last year, but in two games without Barkley or one game where Barkley played 31% of the snaps, Breida had seven carries and Brightwell had 16 in those two games. Uh, Breida had nine catches and Brightwell had three. Justice Hill, Tony Jones, Craig Reynolds. I don't know that we need to really... I feel like we covered this. You guys did a good job with that. There are a lot of handcuffs to get. Tajay Spears, Ty Chandler, Sean Tucker, Keontae Ingram. Rico How about Dabble. Jaleel McLaughlin? That's a deeper one. Jaleel Dabble, uh, do you? Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, if Javante just doesn't turn on the Jets at some point, I think the Broncos could start giving their undrafted rookie, who's got some speed, more work. And they gave him a, a short yardage touchdown opportunity and got it in week two. And what about Damian Harris? You guys have any interest in him? 50% rostered? Uh, sure, you can pick him up. He's six points or nothing. Pretty much. 
All right, wide receivers. The shallow league guys are Nico Collins, Jacoby Myers. We have not talked about the Chiefs guys. How are you feeling right now, Jamie, about Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore? I wouldn't mind stashing them. You know, I, I know I've been sort of all over the place, so I apologize <laughs> for that. But I, I think, you know, you saw some signs of life, you know, with Sky Moore, the, the 70 yards and the touchdown. And then for Kadarius, you know, again, another five-catch game. He's just not doing much with it. But at some point, there's going to be somebody that emerges from this receiving core. You know, it'd be nice if it was Raji Rice or, you know, anybody just really at this point. But um, these are the two with the most upside. So if you have a roster spot to play with, I wouldn't mind rostering them. Like I'd roster them over almost all the receivers that we talked about aside from the first two. So it'd be Reynolds, 2-2, and then <clears throat> either the Chiefs guys. Over Tank Dell. Um, I'd probably put Tank Dell ahead of them, yeah. Okay. So if you're looking at players on the waiver wire, the order would be for Jamie, Reynolds, Tutu Atwell, Tank Dell. And by the way, if you can't find Tank Dell, his name is Nathaniel, Nathaniel Dell, Texans receiver, and then Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. And then Robert Woods, <clears throat> Jaden Reed. Sorry, I think I'm a day or two away from being done with this cough. Uh, Robert Woods, Jaden Reed, Adam Thielen, Traylon Burks, who's actually number one for Dave. That's more of a long-term play. Marvin Mims. Okay, Zay Jones is still out there, but he's hurt. Um, I was going to bring up Hunter Renfro, but it looks like Adams and Myers have a good chance to play this week. But let me ask you guys, how legit do you think Reynolds, Atwell, and and Nathaniel Tank Dell are, Dave? Reynolds is going to be legit until week seven. Double-checking the schedule. That's when... Jamison Williams comes back. Will Williams take Reynolds off the field a lot? Will he take target share away? We aren't sure if that's going to happen, but it's a concern. Um, for now, you just you start him. I think he's flex-worthy, especially in PPR leagues. Atwell, same thing with him, except it's Cooper Cup. When Cooper Cup comes back, we've already talked about how we figure that Cup will be the target leader for the Rams. Nakua will take the targets that Atwell's been getting, and what does that leave for Atwell? Might leave like five or six targets. You're hoping he has a couple of big splash plays. <clears throat> Dell Dell might have a little bit more staying power in Houston, just because what's Houston doing? They're they're playing more for the future than trying to win now. They'll tell you that they're trying to win now. They're not winning now. They better so, be trying to win now after giving away two draft picks. Right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe, um, but they're going to throw a lot, and that's going to be good for Tank Dell, who's got great speed. And got a lot of target volume in week two. Hopefully a sign of things to come. Okay. Uh, in fact, I, I would argue that if you're looking long, long term, you might rather have Dell on your roster than Atwell. And maybe even over Reynolds. Okay. And tight ends. We've got Sam Laporta in shallower leagues facing the Falcons, who has struggled terribly against tight ends in 2022. Bad in week one, but solid in week two against Luke Musgrave. So Sam Laporte is out there, but he has five catches in each of his first two games. That's pretty cool. Hunter Henry, 61% rostered. Uh, do you think he should be 80-plus percent rostered, Hunter Henry? Yes. Yes. He will be. Jake Ferguson, uh, who had a touchdown last week and should have had a second touchdown, but Dak overthrew him in the end zone. And so he's just he's just an end zone target so far through two games. And I didn't mean he is an end zone target. I didn't mean just. That's the only thing he does. Zach Ertz, I mentioned this on Sunday night, but in two games so far, he's been open for a touchdown and open for a huge chunk play, and Josh Dobbs missed him twice. I'm not saying that's the last time that's going to happen, but he's had opportunities. And Taysom Hill, 
Taysom Hill, who in non-PPR for week three could be someone you want because he had, I think, nine carries for 75 yards yesterday. Uh, so no Jamal Williams. Drop Tyler Higby, drop Dalton Schultz, uh, drop Gerald Everett. What about Cole Komet? Any interest in Cole Komet at the Chiefs? Do you want would, eight PPR fantasy points? I would hold him for one more week. Okay. He has nine PPR <laughs> points and almost eight if you use decimals. Week one and week two. Finish with the drop meter Zero to ten. Zach Charbonnet. Zero. Two. Now, listen, you drop him for Ford. Yes. But yeah, you might drop him for Moss, too. The, it's funny. The way to interpret this, it's tough. You know, you say zero. We don't want to drop Zach Charbonnet. There are scenarios where we drop Zach Charbonnet. All right. That's why he's a two. And Antonio Gibson, like you asked before. <clears throat> right. Fair. But this really should be like, how desperate am I to get this guy off my team? And the higher the number means this guy's, we think he's pretty much trash. Put him on the waiver wire. So we don't feel that way about Charbonnet. How about JSN? One. Uh, four. All right, you got the Metcalf injury, so keep that in mind. That's true. How about Zay Jones? Well, we're talking about picking up Zay Jones. Well, he's in limbo right now. He's had a great game. He's had a terrible game. He's, But he did okay. have a couple of almost touchdowns, I think. He's also injured, so he's in, he's in limbo. No, so that's a guy you can move on from to go and pick up somebody off the waiver wire. Because you can probably find a, a receiver like Zay Jones later on this year. So give him, a, give him a seven. Would you rather have Zay Jones or Tutu Atwell? Atwell. Atwell, but I'm just I'm thinking short term with that roster spot. Uh, Dalton Kincaid. I would drop him for Hunter Henry. Yeah. And I would drop him for Ferguson at this point. I wouldn't drop him for Ferguson. I'm going to put him at a five on the dropometer. Jahan Dotson. Negative one. Zero. Samaj P. Ryan. Zero. He's in that one to two range. Juju Smith-Schuster. Ten. He's like an eight. Kendrick Bourne. Uh, seven. seven. Okay. All right, folks. The uh, Jerome Ford Show has concluded. Good luck to you. And stay tuned for updates. Anything. If they sign Kareem Hunt or something, we'll probably pop on and do an emergency podcast. But... We don't think that's going to happen. And I got a lot of stuff to do today, so let's not have that happen. For Dave and Jamie and Thomas, I am Adam. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow with some trade talk here on Fantasy Football Today.